0: Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, one paranoia-filled minute at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell.
1: I'm Cassandra Fredrickson.
0: And joining us again this week is Zoe Estrin-Grayley.
1: Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: And today we're going to be talking about Minute 153, which starts with the line, you can go no further, and ends with Haldir stepping into frame and saying, you will follow me.
1: Which I think is kind of a neat little bookend. Yeah. Because he's like, nah, you can't pass. Yeah. okay, I guess.
0: <laughs> you shall not pass.
1: <laughs> you shall pass.
0: You shall pass. (laughs) Exactly. You have a hall deer pass.
2: Oh, oh, oh! I can't believe you made me listen to that with my own two ears.
1: I don't even know what that means. Uh, Like a hall pass. Oh, God! You're the worst. (laughs) The worst. Anyway, so I found the bit in the book where the fellowship runs into the elves and legolas is the one that's doing all the negotiating
0: well he's an elf
1: right um and they climb up on this platform which i mean is in the movie and then haldir is there with his brothers rumil and Orofin. and haldir is the only one that speaks common so he's like their interpreter and he, he's—I mean—he's just hanging out. And he says that the elves generally just keep to themselves in Lothlorien, but he's one of the the few that go abroad and you know get news and all Kill that orcs. stuff. Yeah. So there you go. Our friend Haldir.
0: Our good friend Haldir, doing his best to protect the realm of Lothlorien.
1: Yeah. I like how they changed, because um, in the book, it's initially like, it's kind of like elf customs, like, you know, like, <laughs> how many people do you have with you? Like, you know, declare or whatever.
0: Do you, do you have any contraband?
1: Right. and Is there
0: anything flammable Legolas in the bag? Legolas is
1: like, well, there's eight of us, you know, there's some hobbits, there's these guys, there's myself and a dwarf. And Haldir's like, hold up. There's a dwarf. (laughs) Uh, They're not allowed here. You guys can't go any further. Um, and (laughs) I like- have a dwarf?
0: Uh, That's an invasive species. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I like (laughs) how they changed it to, uh, instead be the ring. Yeah. Uh, because the dwarf thing is just, like, I mean, we've already talked about how elves are petty. Yeah, but, like, that's super, super petty. Um, (laughs) yeah. And
0: Do you want it to destroy our ecosystem?
1: And I think it's another clever no way. mining. Right. <laughs> it's
0: going to go digging and destroy our trees.
1: I think it's another clever way of kind of spinning the narrative so that we are reminded of the ring and we are reminded that Frodo is the main character. Even though we yes. have all of these people yeah. in the same
0: movie. And this whole little scene, uh, this minute, is about putting pressure on Frodo
1: mm-hmm.
0: with all the the looks that he interprets as being paranoid and the music lead lends to it. But really the whole moment is just tense because they're trying to figure out how to get into Lothlorien. Yeah.
2: And boy, does he like look tense? His yeah. whole like little dirty face looks so worried.
0: Mary, uh, Mary and Pippin, uh, Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan do a really good job at like looking back in a way that's easy, easy to interpret as like worried about the person in particular. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, the situation they're in. I think that they did a really good job, like, with their just their quick moment. Uh, and Sam just looks really worried.
1: I think also because it can be kind of read both ways. Like, you were saying, like, they are worried about Frodo. That's why they're looking at him. But then Frodo's like, oh, well, they're looking at me because it's my fault.
0: Exactly. And it's not just, like, my fault that we can't get into Lothlorien. It's my fault that we went through Moria. It's my, my fault that, that Gandalf died. It's my
1: fault that Gandalf's dead. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a dark moment for him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's just leading into, like, the Frodo's decision to leave. So, like, now that the movie slows down here for the next 15, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. we need to keep putting the pressure on Frodo before the climax. Right.
1: I also like that it's Boromir who's comforting him. Sean Dean is such a pal. I know, know, right? Good job. (laughs) Because Aragorn's busy arguing. Yeah. Um,
0: and normally this would be like an Aragorn moment. Right. Or a Gandalf moment yeah. if it was if Gandalf was here and someone else was gone.
1: Right. Or even a Sam moment. Yeah. But Sam just looks tired. Yeah. Everyone looks tired. It's kind of amazing that they film this so early because everyone already looks exhausted. Right.
2: You know, that, that's okay. probably why they put, set the scene at night or in the blue. Just because they would not read as well in the sunlight, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I that's what I was talking about yesterday. Like yeah. this scene doesn't work in a day in the daylight. Like yeah. paranoia doesn't come off as well unless it's dark.
2: We 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 had to just throw away time in order to make this look cool. Oh, that's such a director <laughs> thing, though. I can't even judge that. That's such a thing. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, we know it doesn't make sense, but it
1: looks awesome.
0: <laughs> it looks good, and we need it for the tone. <laughs> I mean, I would,
1: I would argue that paranoia doesn't really, like, if you, effective paranoia, it doesn't really matter what time it is or what the, the lighting situation is. Um, like, everything Hitchcock has made or uh, John Carpenter's The right. Thing, where the lights are off very rarely.
2: I am going um, to disagree with you, because in both of those things, lighting is used very specifically to create paranoia.
0: Yeah. because um, the thing is about lighted hallways, and that's not really the same.
1: That's true. Yeah, and- like
0: you're you're still like dark around the edges, despite having the strip of light above you,
1: mm.
0: and that like the tunnel sensation really is added to by the lighting in that movie.
2: Yeah, lighting also is great for like creating the shadow effects, which are pretty important in yeah, films like that, true. especially Hitchcock films.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. And black and white for a lot of the older Hitchcock stuff oh, yeah. really well, goes cause a Well, because I was thinking
1: way. like Vertigo, because Vertigo takes place mostly during the day, but there is there are the shadows and yeah. stuff that are, playing, that are played with, too. I mean,
2: this is just like a more, I can't even say sophisticated, just a more colory version of that. Um, this is just where color indicates certain things instead of shadow, because you don't have the same stark lighting that you do in like a black and white film. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't... You're not able to create the same shadow. So what you do instead is use color in order to um, show what would usually be a shadow moment. If that makes sense. Like if... Um, though, again, I don't know what was going on in like the late 90s, but for some reason they didn't buy lights. So if you watch <laughs> any, <laughs> any television program set in the late 90s or early 2000s... Um, it's co- it's it's often like very dark but it is like it's supposed to create that intense shadow that's what they're trying to do with it it does not work cuz it's 1997 and nothing worked um
0: right. and like some early episodes of buffy yeah even super, supernatural does it a lot oh my god yes.
2: buy some lights you make enough money <laughs> A lot of I watch a lot of like cop procedurals and oh man, it is all over that. It Uh, is
0: that really cliched thing with just the strip of light across the eyes and then everything else is dark. It's the
1: worst.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like I get what they're doing with it and it is effective, but it would be more effective if I hadn't seen it a million times. Um, Right. So this, I would say that this scene is working in the same way because of the way they use the lighting, um, because. Yes, they do have the the blue filter over everything, but they also, um, no face during this is lit entirely except I think for Sean Bean's. Like, Sean Bean gets a right. flashlight like uh, right on his face because he is saying good <laughs> nice things.
0: Yeah, because he's like he's a point of light in this otherwise paranoid. Moment. Exactly.
2: Um. So the way. So, like, in order to increase the paranoia, you have to increase like shadow levels, and the lighting they had before would absolutely not work for this because it's that multi-directional sunlight look, right? Which creates some shadows, but in a very different way. Um, and that was my that was my English
1: <laughs> major artist moment of the day. There you go. I also, because I'm...
0: Yeah, Shambin is much brighter lit. He's still somewhat shadow, but he is much brighter lit than everybody else. Yeah,
1: I was just looking back at the minute, and Frodo is the only person that does not have any light on his face. Like, there's the the lanterns that are hanging on the trees, and so there is some of the light that's playing off that. Like, you have the the gleam of light off Gimli's armor. I love that Um, shot. Just yeah to throw that of in dimly
0: turning t- to look at the camera yeah
1: yeah i mean i guess aragorn doesn't have any light on him but he's in like the shadow side of arguing and then you have like legolas's crazy anime moonlight hair, <laughs> and then there isn't really a whole lot of light on frodo's face and everyone else is kind of like profile yeah it just um, it sets him apart very strongly from yeah yeah like even in, even Mary and Pippin have some of the the underlighting, yeah. yep, on their face. Yes, it's... which I guess is a really cool visual cue for like the ring hanging over him, like a rain cloud. You know, yeah. that's good. Like yeah. that, like you know, like the ring is it's depression and paranoia and all of this yeah. other stuff. I. That's, this, that's my English major for today. This,
0: this Boromir conversation was uh, previously, in previous drafts of the scene, was apparently much longer. And he talked a little bit about his own experiences to relate to Frodo.
1: Oh, his own experiences with death?
0: Yeah. Or like or like with his brother and his father and stuff. And like talked more about his backstory here uh-huh. to relate to Frodo.
1: Man, I wish they had kept that in. I mean, I can see why they
2: didn't. Why. But like, yeah, yeah no, I know. I'm with you on that. I want more just like... I like Boromir a lot. I I wish he had more moments like this to shine.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And, yeah, The Extended just puts back a lot of the little moments that they had made for this movie. But there's still even more that didn't make it back into The Extended. Right. Because... When we watch watch the theatrical, it's just like, wow, Boromir Reads is almost like a totally different character.
1: Oh, yeah, Boromir, like, theatrical Boromir's a
2: jerk. Yeah, that's why that end scene, like, comes out of nowhere in the theatrical cut. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, like, this cut has this scene, and it has, like, him playing with hobbits and stuff, like, much more. Um, Right. I like this reading of the character a lot more. Like, on the one hand, it makes his death a lot more poignant, but on the other hand, I mean... Spoilers: Boromir dies. Ah, uh, sorry.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, played by Sean Bean. Awesome.
2: Oh, oh, but it's true, so it's even worse. Um, I don't know. I just I like the reading of the character as very clearly pulled in two directions, um, mm-hmm. especially by the ring, but also seemingly just by his like who he is as a person seems kind of pulled in a lot of different directions even before you introduce right. the ring
1: because yeah. he like he's coming from this, this war zone and he wants to protect his city but he's away and he wants to make his father proud but his father is like losing his mind and all of this other stuff and he wants to and he cares
0: about his brother
1: right? Yeah. Oh my God, I can't wait to them. <laughs> um, yeah, it's
2: he, he's such an interesting character, and I think scenes like this really help show that in the film. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like I I remember watching the theatrical version and being a little bit like, "Why is this guy such a butt?" Um, Since <laughs> I was twelve, but but then seeing the yeah. extended version, you get a much um, broader picture
0: of who he is. Yeah, the extended cut also makes him a much better foil to Aragorn, which is obviously what he's intended yeah. to be mm-hmm. because he feels like he feels more conflicted, but at the same time the extended makes him feel more corruptible.
2: Yeah, you can yeah. see where it gets because you're seeing
0: in. what you're losing.
2: You can see the sort of cracks yeah. in him because it's
0: because yeah. I think it's more powerful when you show someone who is corruptible or corrupted. If you can see what you're losing or what yeah. you've lost. Ugh. And I think that you really lose that mm-hmm. in the theatrical.
2: He just seems yeah. like a like a jerk from start to finish. Well, no, start to almost finish because <laughs> yeah. his death scene's in there. Which kind of comes out of nowhere uh-huh. right.
0: if
1: in the theatrical version. Right. I'm also like... I mean, you... and even
0: in the theatrical, you still have the this will be the death yeah. of the hobbits line.
1: Right. And you do still have uh, him teaching Marion Pippin. Right.
0: But um, you just don't have like the smaller quiet moments like this, and uh, when he talks about the dream later on. Right, the in specific, like Aragorn. the Boromir specific
2: moments um, where it sort of lingers yeah. on I it also, instead of just like it's in there.
1: Yeah. Like thinking about Boromir as a foil for Aragorn, like not only do you see what Boromir could be in Aragorn, but like Boromir is a lot uh, more decisive, he's a lot more driven as opposed to Aragorn who like doesn't want any of this nonsense and like I mean we this was a a long right. time ago at this point but the um the scene with the shards of Narsil like Boromir's like oh man this is awesome i'm going to you know like hold the sword that right. cut the ring from
0: right know- there's that quick moment where it's just like he's a little he's he's a little kid and he's just like this is a legendary thing. Yeah. This is, like, a piece of history I get to touch.
1: Right. And he's all about it, and then he kind of notices Aragorn. <laughs> like,
2: oh,
0: oh, so <laughs> There's a little bit of, like, Luke. There's a little bit of, like, Luke in awe oh, at the lightsaber mm-hmm. in the way that that scene is played.
1: But then, like, you have Aragorn, who's just kind of sulking in the shadows and, like, brooding about how this <laughs> is his, like, birthright. Sur-
0: surrounding himself and his <laughs> birthright.
1: Like, emo Aragorn. And then Boromir's just like, oh, this is <laughs> sick. Like, so I like that 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 there's that interplay with them too. Yeah. Like Boromir knows what he's about and he knows what his legacy is and he knows what his responsibilities are and Aragorn does too, but Boromir accepts them. Yeah. Like he it, accepts them. Well,
0: because the the difference between them is how they feel about the idea of duty. Right. Because Boromir feels very duty bound. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm 5 years. You're juvenile. <laughs> oh, I was doing
2: so well and then she laughed. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Honor bound. There we <laughs> go.
2: There you go. Honor-bound.
0: He's he's so tied up in like what his society says he has to do. Right. And he he wants to because he wants to make his father proud and protect his people
1: mm-hmm. so he
0: has no problem accepting the duty that's been placed on him right yeah whereas or aragorn is just like no that that ain't me
2: right <laughs> it's it's and like that terrible and
0: boromir's arc is what teaches aragorn that yeah i should just kind of i need to accept this
2: it's that terrible <sighs> terrible line from 12th night about Power being thrust upon you. Only, like, (laughs) seriously, not, like, a a dick joke. Um. (laughs) But, you know, like, like, Boromir has always known that this is what his... This is what he's supposed to be doing. Um. Right. He's been raised for this. This is... Leading is what he's supposed to do. It's what he's been told he's supposed to do. It's what he's been trained to do. Um... And for Aragorn, like, not only does he not want it, like, he has no idea what he's doing. Like, maybe he does, but this wasn't, he hasn't been, like, indoctrinated in this is who you are and this is what you will be.
0: Right. And it's it's moments like this with Frodo that make you believe what you're supposed to buy about Boromir, that he is a good leader, that he is the kind of person other men will respect. Yeah. And moments like this really help build yeah. that help you buy into that.
1: Well, because this there's... is a
0: very quiet, supportive moment.
1: Yeah. Because there's this, and then there's also, um, right after Moria, where everyone's crying, and Aragorn's like, we need to leave. And Boromir's like, give them a moment. Yeah. Like, let them cry for, like, two seconds. Uh... Yeah.
0: We also hear Aragorn say Legolas's name really awkwardly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Boromir! Legolas! <like a> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, man. I love his accent. It's so silly.
0: <laughs> but he doesn't always say Legolas no, that I way. No, I know. It's just like, in that moment, it's like really pronounced. That's what he
2: had. That's what he was going for.
0: Legolas. <laughs> oh,
1: man. I really like Boromir's uh, last line, don't, uh, what is it? Like, don't carry the weight of the dead.
0: Right. You already have a burden to carry yourself. Don't mm-hmm. carry the weight of the dead.
2: That's, that's hardcore, deep. Like, hardcore.
0: it's really deep it's
2: it's deep guys (laughs) no but I think also this this brings forward putting like you're right this is a moment that would usually be an Aragorn moment Um, Mm -hmm. and putting Boromir in it kind of increases their that brotherhood relationship that they have that okay Aragorn's busy right now Boromir can do this Um, Boromir can step into this role and I mean the way they argue and the way they do, they are foils. I don't know, it just... But, like, they're clearly working towards the same goal. They just have different ways of going about it. And I like right. that. I don't know. It's it's so cool to see the two men, as in, not, you know, as opposed to elves, not men as in males, <laughs> um, yeah. set as differing points in a similar um in like a, it's like a similar character type but taken in very different directions mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean we we talked about it some with the whole uh, aragorn and arwen thing mm-hmm. that aragorn has some like more traditionally feminized traits whereas boromir is a little more masculine yeah in the way that he's coded for the boromir most part Boromir
2: is yeah. like a dude's dude yeah yeah
0: and that, that also helps kind of, like, play them against each other in the narrative, too. Yeah. I don't know. I like Boromir.
2: There was, was a lot of very deep literary analysis going on.
1: I know. I'm just like, wow. Oh, My brain. All right. Is just... <laughs> Heavy stuff, guys.
0: Boromir just causes, like, complex conversation. He does. Because he's... He's a he's complex the, dude. That's right. He's, he's, he's the really complex character of this this cast in the yeah. first movie. But part of that is because he's the only one with a full arc in the one movie.
2: That's true. Well, I mean, I think you pick up some hints of, I feel like you come in in the middle of his arc. I'd feel like you don't get the beginning of his arc until like return of the King.
0: Right. When you get the flashback. Yeah.
2: And like from his father and like the, and Faramir talking about him previously, that's when you get sort of the setup to his arc.
1: Which is a weird way to yeah. go about it.
0: It's a very Benjamin Button situation.
1: Oh. oh! Only instead of, like, being born old, he's...
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you learn more about his life as the story progresses.
2: Yeah. It is weird that he has okay. such a, a an impact on the story even after he's no longer in
0: it. Mm-hmm. So we're from the website, DuelingGenre.com, where you can find a couple of other Minute podcasts, Back to the Future Minute and Harry Potter Minute. Uh, Thank you again for joining us, Zoe. Thank you. Uh, As always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper182 and Ed Foster. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye.